Good evening. You'll have to uh, bear with me this evening because I have a cold. I've been fighting it for three days, and hopefully it's coming to the end there, but I just got like a cough, a nasty cough that's left. <clears throat> hopefully you'll be able to understand me this morning, uh, this evening. I'm all confused too. Uh, my goodness. All right, so um, welcome to Living Hope Church of God, and all those who are new also, welcome. We say hello. Um, the thing, uh, the, the title of my message um, this, this evening is The Importance of Fellowship. And I've been wanting to uh, preach this message for a while now, but um, uh, because I, I've, I'm learning more and more uh, as I read the word, as I fellowship with the body of Christ, just the, the importance and, um, of, of having each other. Um, to, you know, just the encouragement aspect, the comfort aspect, we're, 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 doing, we're, uh, we're doing all kinds of things together. Um, that aspect of it, I just, it's just been mind-blowing how awesome just fellowship with the brothers and sisters has been for me in the last year. And to be honest, I, I kind of like neglected the body of Christ. And uh, if you don't know, uh, and I, I was dealing with all kinds, of, all kinds of battles because I was fighting it alone when I had the body of Christ that I was completely uh, not going to for my source of support, my source of strength, my source of encouragement. And this is what the message uh, this evening will be about, just the fellowship, the importance of it. You know, fellowship is a mutual bond that Christians have with Christ that puts us in a deep, eternal relationship with one another. So if, if this thing... This, this relationship we have with people around us is not, it, 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 there's, no, there's no love, there's no uh, exhorting, there's no, um, <clears throat> there's no strength, there's no power, um, just the, the vertical whenever we're communicating with each other and getting with each other. Uh, the issue is probably because our hearts are not right with our Heavenly Father, because that love and everything that we, we get from Jesus Christ, if, if we're not in right relationship with him, we won't be able to do this with one another. We won't, we won't be able to have that love, that, 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 um, those words for, uh, directly from the Holy Spirit to encourage one another. You know, so what does a church, uh, what, what is the church supposed to look like? And I'm going to allude to a little bit of a message I, alert, uh, I listened to this week. Uh, we must remember that you know, the, uh, a church, it's it's not this building. It's not a structure. It's a church could be anywhere. The, the church, the, the context of the, the word church in the Bible is used, the body of Christ, us, the people that are in the church. It's not a building, a structure. It's not anything. Because when you look at the disciples in the, uh, in, in the Acts and in the first Christians in the Bible, in the, the, New, the New Testament, you see that these people had no building to go to. To, they met everywhere, at the temples, it could be the, the people's homes, the basements, anywhere they could, in, just in outside, they would meet outside, they'd have uh, you know, just wor- times of fellowship and worship outside uh, with each other. So it, it's, not, it's not a building, the church is us. We are the church, we are the body of Christ. And this is, this is not a building, this building, I mean, there, there's no, God, God, God is in charge of everything here, but he, he directs, he, he has control over all of us. He, this is his body. It's not my pa- uh, our pastors. It's not my parents' church. It's not my church. It's, n- it's none of ours. It's God's church, and he takes care of his church. So we must remember that it's, it's a church. Uh, not, it's not our church. 
Um, and we will know how this church is supposed to look like by looking at Christ. And when we look through the Acts, which we'll, we will be going in, in, in too shortly, uh, just in the disciples and the apostles uh, in the early church, we'll see what a church really looks like. And again, let's get the idea of church being a building out of our minds. We have to focus on what church really means, and it's us. It's the body of Christ. It's the fellowship we have with one another. That's what the church is all about. So here, we'll start here in Acts 2, if you want to turn your Bibles with me to 36. That's where I'll be starting, and I have it up on the screen for those uh, who want to read it from there also. So here we go, 36. So let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, to be both Lord and Messiah. Peter's words pierced their hearts, and they said to him and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, to your children, um, and to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all his listeners, save yourselves from this crooked generation. In a few verses down here in 41, those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day about 3,000 in all. And we also, we heard about it this morning and all things in common with my mother's my mother speaking, and we could see that the Holy Spirit has been speaking to both of us here. Um, and all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and the fellowship and the sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. In a couple of verses down from that, the same chapter we see here, they worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, and all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all people, of all the people, and each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. So in the middle of this, we learned in, in 42. So earlier on, the verse 42, we see the word devoted. You know, the early church clung to four things. And uh, these four things here are, you know, the teaching of the apostles, the fellowship, and the sharing of meals and prayer. So first we see the apostles' teaching. What does that mean? That simply just means the truth of God. Because back then, I mean, they didn't have a Bible to use. It was not written yet at that time. Well, the New Testament was written yet. Anyway, uh, so they clung to the, 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 the apostles' teachings because they were the ones that were the closest to, DJ, uh, to Jesus. And they learned their doctrine, the apostles' doctrines, was directly from Jesus because they walked alongside Christ. So they clung to him. And for us, the believer, uh, the strongest element in a believer's life is God's word. That is the first and foremost, uh, most important part of our walk. So they were devoted to it. They were devoted to the apostles' teaching, just as we are devoted to, uh, well, God's teachings, the truth through the Bible. And second, they joined in outward acts of fellowship with each other, acts of common worship, acts of mutual kindness, and benevolence. So the word fellowship here, and we heard it uh, several times here at our church, uh, koinonia, you know, it means, you know, the sharing, the communion, a partnership, we're partakers, we're partakers of the death and resurrection life in Christ, and we have that in common. So, 
continue on here, the fellowship is a new covenant word. The fellowship spoken of in the new covenant is a pattern um, a patterned after the fellowship that Jesus and the Father had with each other during Jesus' earthly days. And Jesus' Jesus's prayer was that the fellowship amongst um, his disciples would be of the same order. So that relationship that Christ had with the Father on earth is what he wants us to, to follow as an example. You know, and Paul even says in his, when, when he's writing uh, in, in his letters, he says, follow me as I follow Christ. And he's using himself as an example for us to follow also. So the new covenant leads the disciples of Jesus into an inward sanctification that, turn, uh, that in turn leads the fellowship uh, with one another. So that's how God intended his church to be. It's not, again, let's get the idea of church being a building. We are the body of Christ. The church is us. We are the church. And it's not, and it's not about coming to church once a week to get our fill and leaving. That's not what it's all about. It's not about coming here and receiving teaching and leaving and that's it. We don't, that's, not what, that's not what it is. Fellowship with the body, when we look in Acts, these people were together Get together all the time, all the time. I mean, there's not one day where they weren't together. And so they, they had fellowship everywhere. They ate together. They, 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 they worked. So a lot of them worked together, did all kinds of stuff. And, um, you know, they, they, they worshiped together. They, they, they spread the teachings, the gospel of Christ together. They did, they did everything together. And I think today, in today's church, we forget a lot of, we've, we have forgotten a lot of what it means to be the body of Christ. And I, for one, um, have forgotten what it, <laughs> what it was until God has been just showing me through his word and being so gracious and patient with me uh, when it comes to this thing. Because at first, um, I wasn't listening. I wasn't being obedient. God was showing me the importance of uh, being with the body of Christ because I was dealing, uh, just isolating myself and, and it's just really selfishness. I just kept, I, I kept myself just away from the body of Christ. You know, deal with all kinds of mind battles. And whenever you're isolated from the body, the enemy comes in. He comes in. He comes in. He goes after your thoughts. He goes after your worth. He goes after who you are. And uh, that's the kind of battles I had previous um, to this. But God was showing me a way out. And it was through his body. And I, wasn't, I was refusing to do that. And it came to a point where... I had to come to the bottom of myself. I was so fed up with being in this place of just constant mind battles. Uh, there's, no, there's no joy. There's no, there's no encouragement because I'm not going to another brother or sister in the Lord in our church and, and, and asking for advice or asking for just a word of encouragement. Uh, I wasn't connecting with the body of Christ. And God has been, sh been showing me this in the last year. And we'll talk about the benefits of this later. And, and obviously, Talking about, talking about the benefits right now. So uh, because I was doing my own thing, there's no power, there's no freedom, there's no growth. And that's, what, that's not what God wants for the believer. That's not what his, uh, his intended, uh, what the church is supposed to look like. So here we have in verse uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 14 to 15, for Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. 
I'm just going to read that again. (laughs) Uh, For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all, Christ died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. You know, so Jesus saved us in community. Uh, we're, meant, we're not meant to operate um, alone. There's no lone rangers, no lone Christians in, uh, in, in the Christian life. There's, it doesn't exist. When you read the New Testament, you'll see that. The, the, the disciples were never alone. They were never alone. It was never meant to be alone. And like I said before, when you are alone, when you're isolated from the body, and you could be in ministry and you can be isolated from the body. You can do all the churchy things and be isolated from the body. There's no life there. There's no encouragement. There's no exhortation there. There's no, there's no hope there. It just leaves you to the attacks of the enemy. So we as a church have provided ample opportunities to fellowship and grow with others. So we have no excuses. First of all, because we received the word of God here. The, 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 the Bible is preached and taught in this church you know, so we, we uh, and I, I would like to, oh, where's Lynn? Lynn, there you are. My sister Lynn. <laughs> You're here. I, okay, I, I just want to use you as an example. That, that's all right. <laughs> you are, I, to me, like you are such an encouragement. Um, and you are one that is practicing this fellowship. Because this sister here, and she, she volunteers at the food bank every day that it's open, every week. She goes to every, uh, every, every church night, every, every service at church. And she's dealing with pain 24-7. I didn't know this. She's dealing with pain 24-7. She could have easily used that pain as an excuse to, to just isolate herself. But what I see in this woman is I see a joy. I see a peace. I see a strength um, that is only seen because she has chosen to stand on God's word, first of all. Secondly, she's chose to be amongst the body of Christ, and she's with the body of Christ every day, like at the food bank and all this other stuff, and fellowship, sh- uh, fellowshipping with the body, and it's just, uh, it's an encouragement to see, and we need to do that more often, all of us, and I'm, I'm speaking to myself here. So here we have, um, we'll continue on to the importance of fellowship. So it's when we try to live together in loving fellowship with, um, with others that we'll find how much we need to deny ourselves and take up our cross every day if we want to maintain fellowship. You know, Satan is always busy driving wedges between God's children. If we are mature, we'll always be alert to prevent those wedges from being driven in between us and others. There's great loss when fellowship is broken in Christ's body, both for God and as well for us. So there's a tremendous power uh, in unity in the church, and Satan can be overcome only by a united church. Jesus said, if even two believers are totally one in their spirits, completely united, they can ask the Father for anything, and their request will be granted. <clears throat> and because I am present in power, wherever any two or three such united souls are gathered together in the Holy Spirit, and such a fellowship of believers can bind satanic forces in the heavenlies and on earth, and thus restraining Satan's power over people. And they can also release people from Satan's bondage through their prayers. That's the power of the body of Christ. That's the power of unity. And that's why Satan is so keen on dividing us, isolating us, 
working, working against the body, trying to separate us into little groups when we're supposed to be one. Because he, he fears a united church. The enemy fears a united church. Because, uh, uh, again, like the, a church that is not united will fall. It's, it's always been the case. We've seen it throughout history, and it's still happening today, of peop- uh, churches that are, are just being destroyed because there's lack of unity, lack of fellowship in a church. And I don't want to see this, this body divided. I do not want to see that. I pray against that in the name of Jesus. And we got to step up, though, however. <laughs> we got to do our parts. we got to recognize this for ourselves. So, it's def- uh, so we lose... Uh, we lose, uh, if you cut yourself off from even one of God's children, the Bible says, you, you uh, deprive yourself of something of God's riches that could have come to you only through that other child of God. We can know the love of Christ only along with all the other saints. In the fellowship of Christians, even if one member is not fulfilling <clears throat> his function, the power of the body is at an extent weakened. Satan, knowing this, seeks continually to isolate individuals, members of groups, or to divide the group into cliques or little groups. Either way, he succeeds in his aim, either, either through isolation or through dividing the church into little groups. So to continue on here, let's look at the benefits of fellowship. And uh, I have uh, I read this article not too long ago. It's the eight characteristics of, a bu- a bu- of believers who don't give up in battle. And I just want to look at the first three because that really speaks to the importance of uh, first being in your word and secondly, just being connected to the body of Christ. And I have them, I have them up here. Um, first one here, they have a devotional life. Even if it's not perfect, they might be struggling with consistency, but they're working at it. They make time to read the Bible and pray. Number two, they're solidly connected to a local church. That is, they don't just attend a church they participate in it. They're, in, they're involved in small group and they serve in some capacity. They're living for something other than themselves. Number three, they have somebody to walk with them. They don't fight the battle alone because they have a Christian brother or sister who stands with them. They share their burdens and struggles, which always lightens the load a bit. You know? So it's whenever in the midst of the battle, we are stronger together. We need each other. We need each other. And if, we, <clears throat> if you think otherwise, just read, just read Acts. <laughs> read Acts and you'll know all about it. Uh, Jesus said that the powers of hell would not be able to overcome his church. Um, it is the church, the body of Christ, that is promised victory in the battle against Satan. A believer standing in isolation from other believers may find himself defeated. Now, I'd just like to use the next uh, slide as an example uh, when you look in the animal kingdom, there's a few other photos there if you want to move uh, through it there. Um, like just looking at the continent of Africa for a moment, there's so many kinds of animals, and there's a lot of them that, that stick in herds. And it, it, if you don't know this, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a method of defense. When they're together, the predators, which are always out there, you see like that slide down, and there's a lion right there waiting uh, waiting for, for a catch, but he can't find an opening because the elephants in this picture down here are together. You see that? The, the animals are always together, and it provides safety. Just, just as for us, it provides safety from the predator who is always out to, to divide us, always out to destroy us. So we cannot leave 
an opening for the enemy. In the next slide, in this next slide here, now when we're together, look at the face, look at the face of the line. That's Satan running away right there. That's <laughs> the result of a united church, the enemy flees. That's what happens. You can't find an opening because the predators, they're, they're smart. They, the, these animals, these lions and other beasts uh, that are predators, they, they, they go after the ones who are foolish enough to step away from the herd. So that's why it is important that we utilize this body, that we are together, that we hold fast, that we hold strong together in his word, you know? So, and the reason we dig into the reality of what really happens in the heart uh, that is failing, uh, falling away from the living God is so that we know what our job is um, in Christian fellowship. Because oftentimes you'll see, and I can think of um, um, James, the end of James, the very end of James, the last couple of verses, you know, blessed is the brother who sees another brother or sister fall away and brings him back for that, that person has just saved their souls. You know, that it's, that's part of our job also. When we, whenever we see brothers and sisters struggling, we can't just be, oh, I'm happy, I'm over here, I'm praising God, hallelujah. No, we gotta got got pay attention to the, the needs of the people around us. And that's why we, we can't think about ourselves. Selfishness is such a killer and it's been this killer in my life and I wanna rid myself of it because I can't see the needs around me otherwise. If I'm focused on myself, all I see is my needs. I don't see people who are struggling. And, but when I'm focused on Christ and denying my, myself each and every day, I will see the people that who, are, who are in need around me. And God will you know, give me a word, whatever, whatever it may be. I mean, the, the, the disciples, man, they, they helped each other like whenever it came to, to uh, I mean, they, they sold everything, first of all. They sold everything they had, and they gave to people as, as they were needed, you know, they, they saw the needs, and they're always giving and giving their time, giving, giving their money to people who needed, um, needed uh, this in their time as a struggle. So um, to continue on here, um, our job is to help each other keep this destruction from happening. So the destruction of being isolated, of being in, in a clique at church, that, it brings destruction. It brings nothing but destruction. So exhort in verse 13, Hebrews 3.13 here, if you want to turn your Bibles to uh, Hebrews 3.13. And I have it up on the screen also. Hebrews 3.13. Exhort one another every day while there still is a day that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. You are God's appointed means to keep this from happening to your brother and sister. So there are just, and I just want to list some of the benefits here, you know, of, of, of being uh, like enmeshed with the body of Christ, utilizing it properly. You know, the fellowship, just as it was needed by, <laughs> I wrote, uh, I don't know if there's any Lord of the Rings fans here, but if you're familiar with uh, Frodo, you know, one of the hobbits, you know, he brings the ring to, to the, the evil ring to, to Mordor. I mean, he, he didn't do that alone. You know, he, he was accompanied by people of like mind. They, they're like-minded people, and they're there to support him, and he would have never been able to achieve his mission. I know it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a story, but I mean, it holds true. <laughs> the, companion, the companionship is very important for the believer. Um, 
It's also necessary for Christians to help them like godly li- uh, live godly lives and spread the gospel throughout the world. And when Christians have regular fellowship uh, with other Christians, they not only receive many benefits, but they are also given the opportunity to sacrifice for their fellow believers. You know, Christian fellowship also fosters things like trust, hope, a sense of belonging, security, lo- uh, lifelong friendships, faith, patience, selflessness, and the best of all, love, which uh, an unconditional love that can only come from people who are personally in relationship with the author of love, and this is Jesus. So unless you have given or received some or all of these types of benefits when you meet with others, you are not probably not experiencing the real, uh, what real fellowship is. So let's look at the next thing here, um, fellowship applied. You know, there's organization to the body of Christ, as described in Ephesians 1, 23, and God placed all things under the feet, uh, under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. You know, the Bible provides several principles, which we're going to go through, uh, just like action principles for building up the body of Christ. And here we have number one, you are called to promote truth and unity. Ephesians 4.25 says, therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor, for we are all members of one body. Number two, you are called to service. 1 Corinthians 12, 4, 11, I don't have the verse, but it just outlines the importance of using your God-given spiritual gift. Your gift is unique and equally important. It is essential to the body that you use your special gift in service to God. Number three here we have, you are called to share, uh, share, uh, share Jesus. Romans 1.16 says, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for salvation of everyone who believes. And as part of the body of Christ, you are to share your, your life-changing story with others. Uh, number four here, you are called to worship. It is good to praise the Lord and make music to your name, almost high, to, pro- uh, to proclaim your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night. That is in Psalms 92.1-2. And lastly, you are called to love each other. 1 John 4, 11 says, Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. So today, Christians can minister in many ways, such as providing comfort and compassion when someone, uh, so, uh, someone in their fellowship is grieving or experiencing some, uh, some kind of loss. Um, offering physical assistance. I think we, we do that fairly often. And there's a lot of things in the body of Christ that we could be like. Whenever there's needs, it's not just emotional needs. Uh, needs. It could be just needs at home. You know, we help people move here. We, we help people with other... Mark, you're always at our, my parents' house fixing stuff. I mean, you're answering a need. All kinds of stuff like that. It's not just, just, it's not just encouraging. It, it, fellowship, proper fellowship includes a whole slew of things. All kinds of stuff. Um, and I think you get the point. Um, and here in God's house, we as believers get the remarkable, a remarkable privilege to serve each other. And when we do this, uh, when there is a united um, body, a united unit like we are, 
it will only, it will only like speak volumes to the people around us, the people who do not know of Jesus. They will see this and they'll a- ask, why, why, why is this? Why, who, who caused you to do this? You know, like, uh, because in the world, there's nothing but chaos. There's nothing but division. There's nothing but people being offended at this and that and the third and gossiping and drama, all kinds of stuff. In the church of God, there shouldn't be any of those things. You know, when we're connected to Christ, all those things should be gone. Uh, you know, and, um, and whenever people see this from outside the church, they see unity, they see a, a, a people who encourage each other constantly, uh, speaking truth, speaking life, people are like, what is this? What's going on? <laughs> That's how they affected the, 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 the churches um, when the apostles uh, were making disciples. And it's the same way um, we're going to affect the people around us in our communities is by following that example. So uh, before I finish here, uh, I just wanted to go back to um, you know, how the enemy, enemy attacks. When you're isolated, when you isolate yourself from the body, you'll only, you'll, you'll only be tormented. There's no support system. There's no, there's no help because you're not going to seek any. And uh, out, of, out of my selfishness, I have missed so much, so much of the blessings, so much of the riches that God had for, uh, intended for me through his body. And I'm just scratching the surface of that with, uh, just within this year. And ever since I've, I've made that decision, it doesn't happen every day, but I make that decision to die to myself and live for something greater than myself, I, I'm filled with a joy I've never had before, a peace that I've never had before. I see needs around me that I've never seen before because I, I'm, I'm, I'm enmeshing myself with the body of Christ, and I see those things. I see it now, which I would have never seen before because before I just thought about myself constantly and didn't see or took care of the body like I was called to. And um, I, it took me a few years to understand that. I, I wasted a few years, lots of years actually, <laughs> be honest. Um, I don't want to waste anymore. I don't want to waste anymore. And I don't want you guys to waste any more of your years living for yourselves. There's no, we have no excuses. Whether you're suffering with illnesses or whatever it may be, God gives you strength. Paul, the apostle Paul, I mean, he, he was struggling with all kinds of stuff. Uh, physical illnesses also, but he couldn't, he couldn't stand to be apart from the body. That's how our attitude should be, just like our sister Lynn, too. She loves to be in the presence of fellow believers, even though she's suffering pain each and every day. So I'll leave the, the altar open this evening. Now, to those who are just sick of living this life for yourself, just living, living life for me, it, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. It's not what God intended for you. You're missing out on all the benefits, all the blessings that come with being with the body of Christ. And I just pray that all of us understand this and that we, we just, that God would wake us up and see our need for each other. And that's what, that's, that's what I want to end uh, this evening on, the, on that note, just that God would wake us up and that we would be aware of the importance of fellowship with each other.
It's not just good for you, it's good for all of us when we fellowship together. Hallelujah.